Hey everyone, welcome back to the It's a Mind Game podcast. My name is Jade. I'm a personal trainer and mindset coach specializing in female-specific training protocols and HA and ED recovery. Today, if you can probably hear my huge smile through my voice, I'm so very excited to be welcoming back Kristen, who actually joined us back in January with her HA recovery journey. And now she's here joining us at 36 weeks pregnant which is incredible. So welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me, Jade. I'm so grateful to be here. I, um, I've been looking forward to this day all week. And for one, to catch up with you, because it feels like a little bit of time since we've had a chat. Um, if you haven't already listened to the previous episode with Kristen, definitely dive back into that. But she was one of our wonderful women in the HA community with both Claudia and I. Um, and in that time, we, we covered a lot of bases on mindset, on nutrition, on exercise, and you had come such a long way, which obviously led to your period coming back. What was the time frame in between that first bleed happening and you falling pregnant? Yes. Um, so I actually, um, there was about two months in between um, when I first got my period back in December of 2022 and then finding out that we were pregnant, um, in early February. So it happened really fast. Um, but to be honest, that was like the main driving factor behind recovery. And also, um, I pretty much immediately started tracking ovulation and we were timing, <laughs> timing everything out. So yeah, just about two months. Now, super common when in HA recovery, we have that, like, what if I don't recover? What if it's not me? What if it's never going to happen? And we have all that self-doubt. And then let's say we get the first period. Sometimes it can then lead into, oh, now I've got to fall pregnant. Did you have thoughts like that as well? Or were you quite optimistic with, I'm going to get my period back. It's going to be great. And then wonderful pregnant. It's going to be great. What was your perception of those two big challenges for you? Mm, yeah, I definitely um, went into it kind of worried that, you know, I would have gained the weight and, and done this time off from the gym and lost some of my fitness for nothing. I was definitely concerned that I wouldn't get pregnant right away or that I maybe even wouldn't get pregnant at all. And to be honest with you, um, we really wanted to make sure we were covering our bases. So my husband even went and got his sperm tested um, with like a clinic just to make sure that everything was okay. And some of his results came back as sort of less than optimal. Um, so that also had me anxious, but this is just a PSA to anyone listening. Um, if that does happen to you, it, you can definitely still get pregnant. Um, even with those types of results and even with those worries kind of in the back of your mind. Yeah. And thank you for bringing that up as well. Cause I think when we're talking about fertility and infertility, there tends to be a huge focus on females. Like there's something with our reproductive yeah. system or it's our ovulation or da, 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 da. And obviously there's optimal, less than optimal, um, possible, impossible, those kind of boundaries. But also knowing that it is two of us in a pair trying to create this beautiful human life and that it is really, really helpful to cover both bases and make sure that your partner's in a good position to, to have a, like create a baby with you as well as just sort of thinking it's all me um, because that's something that does pop up quite frequently, whether it be like sperm counts or um, 
or all just different kinds of areas. And like you said, kind of like HA, you fix some environmental factors and the body responds so beautifully. Um, but when you found out that news, what, I guess, was your initial thoughts? Because you sort of had some doubts anyway due to the HA side of things. And I guess in line with that, how did you feel when you saw that positive pregnancy test? So many emotions. <laughs> um, yeah, when we first found out about the, the sperm analysis, um, that was kind of discouraging, but at the same time, um, it, it wasn't, uh, it didn't deter us from just starting because we just wanted to start and just see, you know, we, I was still so excited that I had my period in the first place. So we got those sperm analysis results in, I think January, and we had already like tried for that first round and we're like, okay, we're just, you know, going to keep trying while we're kind of deciding what to do. And so, um, we were, I guess we were just, uh, faithful in the act. And then the <laughs> next month it, it was a positive. And that, um, I remember that moment so well, because, um, I was actually, I was getting ready to go to the gym after work. And I was like talking to myself kind of in my head and saying, you know, giving myself a pep talk. Um, and I was trying to ease back into my workouts from recovery and still keep things really mild, but I was on, on my way out the door to go to the gym and I went to the bathroom and took the test and, uh, was just absolutely <laughs> elated and crying. And there was no way that I could keep it from my husband. Like I know some women like to do some sort of special reveal, but I just came out of the bathroom crying and Exploiting. told him right away. <laughs> Yeah, that's the best. I love it. Yeah. No, because it is. It's so surprising and overwhelming when, especially when it happens that fast. Because obviously there was an inkling that you could be pregnant, hence why you bought the test in the first place. But yes. when you actually see the lines, it's so different. Again, um, I was much the same with my my pregnancy with Kasima. That I guess I was kind of different in the way that kind of like how you described. I was still celebrating the fact I got my period back, so I knew I wanted to have a child, but I was still like, let's just, you know, you worked really hard for this. Let's just make sure it comes back again. And then yeah. I had the awareness of ovulation. So obviously we happened to get the timing right, but without um, like a whole lot of influence, if you know what I mean, there was like a good idea, but not not like measuring everything to a T. Um, sure. But I remember that feeling like when I saw those two lines and 50% of me was like, I knew it because I felt a bit funny. But then the other mm. 50% was like, no freaking way. Like there is no way this has just happened because after this whole year and everything that's happened and all the things I told myself that weren't true, <laughs> like we're actually here and I've got this stick in my hand and it's telling me I'm pregnant. Um, it will forever be like a, like a benchmark occasion in my lifeline because it was just so unreal um, and so many intense emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I remember take, I, we took the, I took the one test that was the one that had me crying and telling my husband. And then I took another test immediately after because usually you you know, they come in pairs. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day I took one just to make sure. Yeah. Uh, I've still got my box of like pregnancy tests for a Cosima. And even when I fell pregnant with this one as well, I, I don't think I took as many, 
but I still gave it a solid like week of <laughs> you can't help yeah, it yeah um yep. but no it's it's so special and so um it's such a testimony to what our bodies can do when we provide a good environment for it mm. now obviously yeah, so yeah. many body changes have happened um throughout your pregnancy body changes happen throughout HA do you feel like the HA recovery process put you in a better position to absorb the changes that have occurred throughout your pregnancy or do you feel like there's still certain things that come up for you that you're constantly sort of working on or um, consciously managing is probably a a better way Mm, yeah Um, for me it's definitely a little bit of both Um, I have had moments in my pregnancy where I have felt so uh, beautiful, maybe for lack of a better word, so capable and strong and strong in a, in a sense that I could never describe before this pregnancy. Um, but I've also definitely had moments of, of struggle still that I think will probably just be, um, you know, an ongoing, uh, struggle in my life that I will, um, repeatedly have to come up against, but I think that's a, that's a worthy fight for sure. Um, I think there's so many obvious bodily changes in pregnancy. Um, and where I'm at now in the third trimester, it's very obvious that I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I have a bit of an easier time, uh, dealing with those physical changes, but, I will say that early on um, in the first trimester when I was kind of bloated and um, I was nauseous a lot. And the only thing that really helped me was to like nibble on little crackers or like snacks to kind of keep the nausea at bay. Mm. And so I, I definitely felt like, oh, my eating is poor. My eating habits are off. So there was a lot of, um, I would say a lot of like body checking and kind of unhealthy habits mm. in that sense in the beginning. But I will say that once you start looking pregnant or once you pop, which, you know, can be different for every woman and maybe different for every pregnancy, even that for me was a really big turning point because, Mm -hmm. um, I just felt so beautiful and I felt so proud of what my body was doing and is doing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it really is challenging that first trimester, especially when you're, still in, I guess, early days of navigating your thoughts and opinions on food rules and, and how you want to eat. And especially you found out you're pregnant, you've got this intention of, I've got to eat as well as I can to support this baby. And there's a bit of pressure Mm -hmm. there. And then all of a sudden your body goes, I have other plans. We are not eating chicken. We are not eating salad. If you show me a broccoli, I'm going to make you throw up. Um, And your logical side is like, please come on. I need some color. Like, give me some nutrition, but your body just it will not comply. Um, I had a similar experience mm. to you where that first trimester, both pregnancies was very much dry crackers, rice cakes, bread. Um, I don't often, actually, know what, I don't eat like salty chips unless I'm mm-hmm. pregnant, but that first I needed salt and I just needed bland at the same time. And mm. it is challenging because you've got this, backing of what foods are really good for you and what's good for your hormones and your endocrine system and cardiovascular system and all this kind of evidence and then you're sitting there in survival mode because that's probably the best way to describe the first trimester when you're dealing with nausea is it's just how can I minimize this sensation 
Um, and I'm going yes. into a little bit more detail with it in case someone's either in the first trimester now, perhaps feeling a little bit guilty over living off crackers, or if you happen to get pregnant and this happens to you and you're worrying about it, is that first trimester is so survival mode. And if you have to live off crackers because that is what keeps you optimal, then you you do the best that you can and you live off crackers and electrolyte icy poles and all of the things that hold low nutritional content but get you through. How did your eating behaviours change as you've evolved through the trimesters? Mm. Um, so to just totally echo what you just said, um, I could not eat like any salad or anything green, any vegetables in the mm -hmm. first trimester. And if you would have told me that before I got pregnant, I would have been like, no, 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 that's Please. crazy. Because <laughs> even in, yeah, I mean, I loved salad when I had HA, don't get me wrong, but even in recovery, I loved a good salad with like a full fat dressing and croutons. Like I, I just like salad with all the stuff on it. And then, yeah, that first trimester, I, it literally made me like more nauseous. Um, and also meat, uh, like I think mm -hmm. you mentioned chicken or just like the texture um, of some meat really bothered me. And again, I never would have thought um, pre-pregnancy that that would be me, but you just go through these hormonal changes and um, it, it did shift for me eventually um, at some point, probably in the mid second trimester, my nausea died down and I was able to kind of eat mm -hmm. some, some more color, like you said, some bell peppers or some tomatoes and cucumbers and more veggies, which did make me feel, uh, maybe feel better. And of course, you know, in pregnancy, it's important to take your, your prenatal vitamins. So you do kind of have that backup. If, uh, if you feel like you're not getting super nutritious food, you do take the vitamins too. Um, and then also I would add to that too. Um, I was really having a lot of cravings for like sweet things or, carby things. And mm. those were a lot of my former fear foods from HA and even a little bit from recovery. But in pregnancy, I allowed myself to eat those things. And sometimes, like you said, it's just a matter of survival. And that's like mm -hmm. you, what you have maybe as a snack and you know, it's not the most nutritious thing, but um, it's also going to pass. Like it's not a it's not a permanent state. So it's really kind of a, feels like a trust fall because you're thinking, oh, I'm not eating right at all. Is this baby going to be okay? <laughs> and then you will kind of come out of it. So where I'm at now, pretty close to the end, I would say I'm eating pretty much like normally how I would uh, pre-pregnancy. So I'm eating a lot of different things and I don't really have the nausea anymore. So it's definitely been a wild ride. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really liked how you described like it, it is another chapter because the same is for HA recovery. You know, it's remembering that whatever you need to do to recover your period, it's, it's just for that stage. And then you can start making yeah. changes again and, and find a new comfortable balance. And then you enter pregnancy. And again, it's, it's just for this timeline where perhaps your food will change a little bit or your exercise will change a little bit. And then motherhood kicks in and you'll do the same thing again. You'll find just what's suitable for this chapter and then you'll, you'll move on to the next one. And sometimes I think it can provide a bit of relief if we stop looking at everything as a forever after. 
and instead sort of looking at it just for today, yeah. I will take whatever actions that gets me through the day as best as possible, knowing that that could yeah. change tomorrow or the day after. Um, yeah. With your, your pregnancy cravings, did you find sometimes it was a little bit healing in the way that your body was so, I guess, detailed with what it wanted? Like, let's say if you wanted something carb dense and you're out of the first trimester, it's not just cracker cracker land um perhaps you know potatoes sweet potatoes rice um but you're you were so in tune with what exactly you needed in the moment versus perhaps ha recovery where there was this back and forth of i should have carbohydrates but i don't really want to did you notice there was a difference in um not so much a hunger cue but just that that intuition of what your body needs right now from HA where it was more like tick box to pregnancy where the message is loud and clear. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to put it. Um, you kind of have this like biological directional system that your body is just like telling you exactly what it wants and what it needs. And when you trust that, then you are satisfied after you fulfill that craving or that need. And I like to think that, you know, I've improved the trust relationship with my body and, um, you know, in HA recovery, we talk about like listening to your hunger cues and you might feel like you have extreme hunger for a period of time, but you have to kind of, uh, give into that a little bit before you can come out the other side. And I feel like in pregnancy, it's been the same way for me where, um, I, I don't have to be as restrictive. I can just listen and then nourish accordingly. And also just remembering that I'm (laughs) responsible for the life that's growing inside of me too. And that's, um, that's been so critical to, uh, guiding what I eat and even when I eat having snacks when before maybe I thought I shouldn't have had snacks but um your body's doing a lot in pregnancy and you're going to rest a lot more than you think you normally would and you're probably going to eat a lot more (laughs) at at (laughs) certain points than you think you normally would did you find your appetite had waves at certain times where there was moments where let's say you were very comfortable with your hunger like it was nothing that made you go, oh gosh, is that a little bit too much today? Or um, oh, maybe I haven't eaten enough. But then you might have had a week where you were just ravenous. And just to what you said about I'm I'm responsible for my body and this body growing inside of me now. I, I need to be conscious of what's going on and make good choices. But did you notice waves in your appetite where some days it like you didn't really think anything of it? You just ate whatever your body cued you to. But then other days you're like, oh wow, you know, like this is a bottomless pit. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me that those waves kind of started in the second trimester. And I think, um, at least this is my experience. Um, part of that is because, um, as your, as your belly grows and kind of, uh, takes up more space, um, I don't know how it works exactly, but it feels like your organs are kind of being pushed up and you might have times where you eat, uh, a little, bit of a meal and all of a sudden you're really full. And that's also kind of alarming because again, coming from Mm -hmm. an HA background, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't eat enough this time. Or like, this is so alarming that I'm full on like three bites of a little Mm -hmm. meal. 
But then, like you said, the opposite will happen where you're just ravenous for a couple of days or something like that. And you, it can feel, um, a little bit, a little bit scary to navigate that. Um, but I think based on what I've read and what I've kind of heard from other women is that that's normal and it's okay. And, um, in the third trimester, uh, you have at some point the baby will drop and then you kind of have a little bit more, uh, (laughs) breathing room and (laughs) maybe a little bit more, uh, you can feel like you can eat a little bit more and not be as, um, as full right away. So you might have to like for me, I've kind of shifted my eating strategy. Like sometimes it was many small meals throughout the day. Um, whereas I would normally think like, oh, I can only have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like my mm. food rules or my, the voice in my head would say that, but, um, the freedom to, and the flexibility to decide, oh, I'm going to have maybe five or six small meals today. And that's just what feels good to me. And then maybe next time I'm super hungry and I'm just going to, eat larger meals, but they'll be spread apart. Um, so it's, it's definitely a lesson in just like listening to what you think your body needs. I'm so proud of you. Everything about what you just said that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of her. I could cry. <laughs> um, no, because what you said there was just like, it's okay to have a strategy and it's okay to have that strategy complement however you feel on that day right? Which is the epitome of intuitive eating. That's just you going by, okay, well, what is my best option for me in this moment, right? It's not a strategy that you have to uphold for the next six weeks or 12 weeks. Or it's like, no, I, I care enough about my nutrition that I still want to have a plan, but not to the point where I'm shackling myself to this plan, right? Which is Mm. just a beautiful relationship to have with food. And I, I really hope it's one that carries on once baby's here where you can go, you know what, there's some days where I do need six small meals and there's some days where perhaps I don't have time to prep six small meals, so I'm just going to have three big ones and that, you know, that'll do because that also takes so much pressure off when you're going to be so busy doing so many other things once baby's here. Yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned as well that the body changes there's times where you can embrace them. There's other times where they kind of challenge you a little bit. And that could be something that carries on for quite some time indefinitely short term, who knows. What are some of the tools you find most helpful if you're to have a more challenging body image day? Mm. Um, I think focusing on what my body can do for me, uh, sort of practically instead of, um, how I appear aesthetically, um, if that makes sense. So like, for example, um, I may feel down because I, you know, I've gone up a couple pounds or whatever. And in pregnancy, you know, in in case you don't know, if you're listening, you will be weighed a lot frequently at your doctor's office. So if you don't want to see that information, you can tell them, but if you, uh, are going, maybe the route where you do want to see it, um, which is the route that I'm choosing. Um, I'm trying to like get myself to be okay with those numbers going up. And, um, on those, those occasions where the numbers go up and I feel like my instinct is to be critical or like I'm worth less. Um, it helps me to focus on like, look at what your body is doing. Your body is growing a human. And on top of that, you, um, are 
I'm still working full time. I have uh, a brain that's strong and functioning and keeping me afloat at work. And I'm also uh, able to be healthy enough to go grocery shopping, do some light chores around the house. I'm, I'm thankful that I've had an uncomplicated pregnancy and a healthy pregnancy. And so I try to focus on those points because, um, it's still very easy for me to revert back to the negative mindset of like any increase in weight is means I'm doing something wrong or means I'm worth less. But in reality, in pregnancy, it's kind of this, (laughs) your brain is a little twisted because you, you should be, uh, increasing in weight because that's your baby growing. And especially in the second and third trimester, um, there's, you know, a recommended weight gain. And if you don't quite meet that, then your doctor might say, Hey, you need to, uh, pick up the pace a little bit. We want to make sure Mm -hmm. you have some extra, extra padding. Um, so yeah, I think focusing on what my body has been doing this pregnancy is, uh, helpful on those challenging days. And, um, there are also days where I just like, I'm really tired and I don't get a chance to get up off the couch. And in that case too, um, you really have to practice self-compassion. Um, and one way that I do that is I think about like, in my case, I'm, I'm having a daughter and I think about, um, the example that I want to set for her when she's born. (laughs) And I never want to, I don't want to have this deeply entrenched, uh, thought pattern that's like, overly critical of my body and my appearance. I want to model for my daughter, um, what it looks like to be, uh, free and unrestricted in my eating and my exercise. So, um, that's also a really big motivating factor. Yeah, that's so powerful. And again, just how you're absorbing whatever your body needs. If it needs exercise, you're going out and exercising. If it needs rest, you're having some chill time on the couch. Um, you know, and even when you look at the the final weeks of pregnancy, you really want to go into to labor knowing that you feel really good versus perhaps an attitude that my, might face, some women might face, sorry, which is like they're still trying to get in as much exercise as possible. And even though that might not be, you know, what they used to do, but just I'm really, really tired. I probably would benefit from a 20-minute nap, but no, I've, I've got to do 20 minutes of a walk or weights. And I guess alluding back to what we were talking about earlier with the different seasons or the different chapters that we're in, now is a really good time to honour what your body needs right now because the next chapter you might not always be able to give it what it needs because you've got this tiny Mm -hmm. little human that you're going to be caring for. So I really celebrate you for actually taking the opportunity to, to move when it feels appropriate, to rest when it feels appropriate, and again to nourish when it feels appropriate because you you truly are doing the best thing you can for both yourself and baby with all of those decisions. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it, and I think too, like just, um, in pregnancy, there have also been times where I have felt like, to me, it's, it's so unlike me to not want to move like on the days where I feel that my energy is completely drained. And I'm like thinking to myself, something's wrong with me. Like I, yeah, I don't want to go to the gym. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, I'm not sad, but why don't I want to go? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And that's like something that, you know, maybe people who are in HA recovery can relate to that, but it's like a, you so associate the movement or training or whatever with your identity that you're like, Oh, something's off here that I'm not wanting to, to like Mm -hmm. do these things. 
but I think that um, in pregnancy, like the importance of moving just completely devoid of any aesthetic goals, like you're just moving for general health and well-being like you're not gonna make any strength gains in pregnancy you're just like doing what you can to stay you know keep the joints moving and keep the blood flowing and I think that's like been a really powerful um point too because sometimes you just you know move because you need to and it can be light and enjoyable and that's that's enough Mm -hmm. yeah thank you for bringing that up because like you said when training while pregnant it very much is to keep your body conditioned it's not a time to be your best ever self and don't get me wrong some women can have that experience if they've gone from not exercising to exercising so it's not a a one-size-fits-all but particularly if you've had ha before your prime let's say can tend to be quite excessive so it's not a time to be to be doing all that um but that being said, honoring movement is still such a, a critical part. And I really enjoyed the language that you used, which is you're going there kind of for pleasure. It's like, you know, you want to challenge your body a little bit, but you want to go in there feeling good. You want to leave there feeling good rather than, oh my gosh, I, I'm exhausted because that that's another yeah. thing that you might not anticipate until you're actually living it is you might get through the workout and feel really, really good and push a bit harder than you thought and be like, oh, wow, you know, I'm, I can be a weapon while I'm pregnant. This is sick and then all of a sudden 10 minutes later you're like oh my god I must sleep like I am so like it kicks your butt and then you start to have that conversation with okay well that felt really good in the moment but I've got to go to work or I've got to chase after a toddler or I actually I can't be doing these workouts all the time because it ruins me for the day did you ever have those experiences where in the moment you're like yes I'm a legend women are the best (laughs) I can do it all and then you've just gone crash (laughs) yeah for sure for sure um I think especially at the beginning I was uh because in the beginning you don't look pregnant you don't Mm -hmm. maybe you don't have a belly right away but you're thinking like oh yeah I'm gonna be like this super fit pregnant Um, woman like I'm gonna be amazing and and you can't you know you will have bursts of energy for sure but I just remember particularly in the first trimester um the exhaustion would hit me in moments that I wasn't expecting and then I would be I would be like mad at myself or discouraged because I'm like oh I don't even have a belly yet like why am I so tired and it's like that has nothing to do with there's no measurement there yes yeah it's like hormonal and all everything your body your womb is doing to just prep for all the growth that's happening actually I'll touch on one last thing before we finish up because I feel like this time is just flying by so quickly um but I know for me I find the first trimester quite challenging one because of all the nausea and the fatigue but also when you don't look pregnant, but you don't look that fit either. And I know that's very dangerous territory with language, but as everyone knows, Mm. I love training. I love eating well. Like it's still a big part of my identity. It just doesn't rule my identity, right? So there's a big difference between incorporating it in your identity and it being your only element. So for me, it was like, there's still a particular way I like to look, but it's not something that's detrimental to my health. But in that first trimester, even part of the second trimester, you are challenged with this perception of, I don't officially look pregnant yet, but I'm also not upholding how I like to present myself 
And it, it's very much a personal pride thing. It's not showing up for anybody else. It's, it's me. It what make, it's what makes me feel good. And in those weeks, I find them the most challenging mentally because I'm trying to balance between, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. Your belly will pop when it's ready. And this, there's actually nothing I can do about the fact of how I look right now. Like my body's in transition and okay, mm. it's not how you feel comfortable, but it's also not going to last forever. And also, as we commonly know, is that no one's actually looking as much as we're looking. Um, you know, to us, it's like, oh, my gosh, can they tell? Am I bloated all the time? Do they think, of, you know, all that sort of dialogue? And I say this in details because I want women to understand that you can do all the work in the world and these things still pop up. Like I feel it quite confident with how I manage my body image and in those moments I'm happy with how I navigated them, but they still showed up. And I think that's a very human experience regardless of mm. age HA or not eating disorder or not it's just yeah it's a human experience did you have that yeah I totally resonate with that I think that um for me you know in the first trimester I because I was having so much exhaustion and nausea I didn't I I honestly I I totally paused going to the gym I didn't wasn't doing any formal sort of workouts yeah, I, I would Done. walk and even sometimes mm. walking would be would be challenging. Um, but yeah, before you really look pregnant, it's so difficult because I'm right there with you. I, I have a certain way that I would like to eat and train and just in a healthful, mindful mm-hmm. way, manage, uh, manage what I look like to a degree. But you kind of have to let go of that for a period. And um, something that helped me uh, too, and also just in general pregnancy, um, dressing appropriately for your changing body. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is applicable to HA recovery too, I think. But like there might be a certain brand of maternity clothes that you like. And, you know, you don't be afraid to like try maternity clothes even before your belly has popped because sometimes Mm -hmm. you're going to feel a little bit bloated or a little bit funky. And it's like wearing stuff that fits can go such a long way. Um, At least for me, I found uh, when I had those, those bad body image days early on, or I felt just out of sorts, like I was wearing, um, they weren't like the full on maternity jeans, but like the extra stretchy Stretchy. ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like just size up in your leggings. Like no one's going to know, doesn't matter. And it'll just make you feel more comfortable. And I think that's, um, a small way to help navigate it, but it is definitely challenging. And to any degree that you can do like journaling or talking to a, a therapist or your partner or someone that you trust, like um, it, it will pass, but it, it kind of mm. stinks in the moment. Yeah. And you're right. It's actually so powerful to make sure you're wearing clothes that fit you well or are comfortable. Cause I think yeah. one thing we can oversee with that like I just I want to wear what I normally wear for as long as I can because perhaps I don't want to spend the money um perhaps it's not a good good time to be changing my wardrobe there's so many reasons but why it can be so critical to even just have two or three items of clothing that when you put on you're kind of at peace with yourself is because when you can feel say the waist of your pants cinching in when you can feel maybe the armpits are a bit firm maybe when you can feel um any kind of restriction in your clothing, especially when you're feeling vulnerable, you've got this little voice all day going, can you feel that? Can you feel that? Do you know it's there? You got bigger. Did you know you got bigger? 
And it's just commentary that we don't need. And it's purely coming from that trigger. So you remove the trigger by wearing the stretchy jeans, by leveling up your your leggings, by wearing the flowy maternity top. And you would be surprised Mm -hmm. how much that little voice going, hey, did you know what's happening? It's happening. Everyone can tell. It actually, it might not completely go, but it's reduced dramatically. Like you will have a good day. You might not even think yes. about it twice other than when you got dressed and went, oh, gosh, you know, I'm in the stretch pants. <laughs> and then but that's it. Did you notice that as well? You went from being like really critical all day to the point where it's probably exhausting. So you've got other things you could be thinking about to just, oh, I'm going to own it. I'm going to wear what's comfortable. And then it's kind of it. Like you don't need to think about it anymore. Yes. Yes. That is so true. I love what you said about wearing like the flowy tops and just embracing it because in my HA and even in recovery at certain points, I had like a very specific style that was like, no, when I go to the gym, I wear like tank, like fitted tank tops or like, Mm -hmm. uh, these specific types of biker shorts. And that's not to say you can't eventually be comfortable in those in a bigger body, but if if you are not quite ready for that step, um, just change it up and see what you like. And it, it might take some adjusting, but you might find that you love the flowy tops or the swishy shorts or something like that. And eventually, you know, I think the goal is that you can get to a place where you can say, oh, wow, I don't need that smaller body to feel like I had a good workout or I can mm-hmm. uh, feel, you know, joy and pleasure and connection like pregnancy is proof that you don't need to have a smaller body to have all of those things but if you need like the stepping stones to get there like that's totally normal and I I definitely needed that yeah I was kind of giggling and smiling when you said that because I remember especially with Cosima that just that thought of like my god I'm the biggest I have ever been and I feel so and I know it's like a pregnancy weight so because some might be going yeah but it's a loophole because it's pregnant and yes there is definitely a loophole because you are pregnant yes I agree Mm -hmm. with you but at the same time I weighed myself regularly both pregnancies and I'm watching these numbers creep up creep up mainly because I wanted to train myself to be okay with the numbers because it was the only opportunity I was going to be this heavy so I'm like let's just officially break the whole fear of any kind of number and once you've seen it, it's it's actually not as bad as what you think. Um, but I remember having a few moments where I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I am everything I'm so terrified of and I'm so happy. Like I feel good. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes yeah. no sense because you go all these years I had this construct and I'm just like breaking these shackles like every day. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and yeah, it's really I love that empowering. So much. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, like, Yes, it is a loophole because it's pregnancy, but also like you don't just gain weight in your belly. Like I've, I've definitely gained, you know, my arms are thicker. My legs are thicker. I also kind of feel like I have probably more cellulite, which I don't know if that's a hormonal thing or what, but somehow still in spite of that, it's like, I, I guess it's because I just, I went through so much to get here and to be pregnant that I'm so appreciative Mm -hmm. and I know how to diet. If I want to diet ever again in my life, I can try it. But right now I'm just so happy <laughs> that I am where I, where I am, that I'm, yeah. I'm like, it's okay. I'm, I'm bigger and it's okay. Cause I am going to have a daughter in three and a half weeks. <laughs> oh my 
gosh, I'm so excited. And I think that's a wonderful message to finish off the podcast with. Um, I want to thank you so much for just coming on and sharing that transition from HA to pregnancy and all the insights on, you know, the high points and some of the more vulnerable points, because I'm sure it's a conversation that so many of our listeners will, will find relatable. And I've honestly enjoyed it so much myself being preggy belly with you at the moment and just those, um, yeah. yeah, all the the ebbs and flows of the experience. Um, but I'm just so happy to be chatting with you and again so proud of everything that you've achieved in the short time that we've known each other and I can't wait to see you holding baby girl in your arms oh thank you so much Jade it's been incredible to to know you and work with you and I wouldn't be here without you so thank you (laughs) oh my absolute pleasure and ladies I hope you've enjoyed today's episode I'm going to um leave the links for our original episode in the show notes Um, But for now, I hope you have a fabulous day and I'll see you in the next one.